Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also, Mike, on the line as well. Today we have more precursor news on this Oscar race checkpoint going around the Hollywoods, getting ready for the Golden Globes, getting ready to set the stage for Oscar nominations as they are coming down the pipeline, Michael. But today we're taking a trip out east, west. (laughs) We're going to Europe. We're talking about the BAFTA long lists. I think it's east. But, you can get there going either way. But if, if mm-hmm. I'm facing you, it's east. If you're facing me, right. it's west. But if you're Kyrie Irving, you if you go one, you you're, go west, you fall off the. That's right. Of that's the right. Earth. Well, he's yeah. the guy. He's the guy we want to. He's the Magellan of our time, <laughs> leading yes. leading this ship. This voyage. yeah. He's yeah. the one guy who's really been on point. He's no. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> get him away from me <laughs> and his thinking. But the thinking of the BAFTA organization is actually something that we might agree with this time around, even though they've taken some swerves to the danger zone of late. But they're actually. I think making you fairly happy with this long list uh, fuck fest that we got today. <laughs> uh, they, they, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by some things, but they're mostly by omissions. But that makes me cynical, <laughs> and that's who I am. Uh, yeah, they seem to at least view two of the major pictures this year in the same way that we both kind of did. Lashana Lynch, though, Emma Thompson. Like that, There's, yep. there's also some fun additions. Absolutely. I'll be the yang to the ying. And you're right. I mean, Avatar The Way of Water did not have a good day. Fableman's not going to have a good day. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm also excited for some people. Like, you never know. You never know. If they get in BAFTA, maybe they get in Oscar. That's true. I mean, this is this is all part of the, the one big road to Oscar nomination day. And again, these are not the BAFTA noms necessarily. These are where the BAFTA noms will come from. Mike, run us down some updated BAFTA voting processes as to how we got these long lists. Yeah, if you want to go back to our episode we did in August, they kind of announced these changes, but they are shorter long lists. Their 15s have gone down to 10s in many categories. They're voted on by more members in some cases this year because they've been smaller juries in the past. This year, you have chapters in some cases. 100-plus members form a chapter. You have opt-in chapters where, I guess, if you watch the the number of movies that you need to watch, you can vote. Uh, And then you have juries for, for uh, for other categories. But more involved this year, you do have more auto nominations as well, where three... Auto nominations will happen per performance category. That's up from two in previous years. And two auto nominations will happen in the director category, up from one. And then, of course, going forward, you'll have juries or chapters selecting the nominations, Michael. So it's very interesting that this is a pretty big field of over 100 people per specialty let's say per craft that's i mean per chapter it's basically the academy would call them a branch Mm -hmm. uh voting on these long lists so that's i think it puts it emphasizes a little more relevance as to what gets in and what doesn't here uh which we'll get into bafta noms are announced on thursday january 19th the baftas take place sunday february 19th those are three weeks away from the oscars which take place on march 
12th. We're going to go category by category here to talk about these long lists. We'll work in some last-minute Globes predictions along the way as well, as those are set to take place on January 9th in just a couple days here. So let's start with the biggie and talk about the BAFTA long list for best film, Michael. Yeah, After Sun showed up right off the top. It made eight long lists on the day. This is showing BIFA strength as we foreshadowed when we discussed Mm -hmm. the BIFAs. And look, you have editing Mescal, original screenplay director, so it's not just the British categories that are the fun categories where After Sun got its uh, long list uh, you know, love. So After Sun is here, all quiet on the Western can't, Front. Can't stand that movie, After Sun. I hope you've it never, You've never felt joy. It's the bane of my existence, <laughs> and I wish it nothing but the best. <laughs> You'll watch it and you'll love it, I think, because I it's also it's half half of it's soul crushing, but half of it's you're like, oh, that's a good point. And I like to turn it off after the soul crushing part. And I'm just like, that's that's good for me. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's an intense emotional experience after sun. Uh, speaking of intense experiences, all quiet on the Western front. Feinberg's number 10 got arguably had the best day out of any movie 15 long lists the yeah. most so not even arguably yeah it's quantifiably 15 long lists that's number one in terms of the number of long lists now awesome. let's be careful about touting all quiet on the western front because last year west side story had 14 long lists last year no time to die had had t- uh, 12 long lists and both only got five nominations of Pete's at the BAFTAs, which were not even close to the, you know, nomination tallies. Dune had 11, Power of the Dog had eight. So we got to be careful. But yes, After Sun, All Quiet. Uh, we have Banshees, Michael, which uh, had 14 long lists on the day. Feinberg's number six in uh, Best Picture. We had Elvis, which had 12 long lists. Golden mm. Globe Critics' Choice nominee Elvis got them both. So no misses for Elvis thus far. Everything Everywhere All at Once. 18 wins on the Critics Scoreboard or the Critics Association Scoreboard there at Next Best Picture. Uh, number two on the Feinberg Forecast. 12 long lists for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Then we have the Fablemans, which underperformed on the day, let's be honest. Only eight long lists for the Fablemans, but it is here, though, Michael. How does the Fablemans get into best film but Spielberg doesn't make even the long list for director. Yeah, I am baffled by that decision because you have a lot of uh, the production values involved, and it, it's bizarre. It's kind of a bizarre omission. They've made bizarre omissions in the past with uh, with the the or maybe I'm thinking of the the actual Academy, like uh, Dune's director. Excuse me, who's Villeneuve? Name? Villeneuve. Yep. He was omitted at the at the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, but and sciences. Ampas, not amps, <laughs> not amps. Anyway, uh, the Fablemans, yeah, underperformed on the day. Living six long lists. Living is in the best film uh, category here That's thus far. So BAFTA. <laughs> that is very BAFTA, but it's cool and it's and it's worthy. It's a really good movie. It's it's only playing limited theaters here in the U.S., but I'm glad to see it here. Tar. Many people thought maybe Tar would fall away, but Tar is indeed in the long mm-hmm. list. It has eight uh, spots on the day here at BAFTA. It also hasn't missed yet. Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, Tar is involved. Top Gun Maverick, Feinberg's number one. Feinberg's been listening to our show. He is number one on the Feinberg forecast for Best Picture, Michael. 
Top Gun Maverick has eight long lists on the day. And Music of course, to your ears. Has not missed yet with the Globes or Choice. Triangle of Sadness gets the 10th spot. Uh, two wins thus far on the season, one being at Cannes. Feinberg's number nine. Golden Globe nomination, Best Comedy or Musical. No, it did not get Critics' Choice, but seven long list slots for Triangle of Sadness. So a strong day for Triangle of Sadness. And look who's not here in the BAFTA 10. For, uh, uh, that will shrink down to five, Michael. But the BAFTA 10 does not include Avatar The Way of Water, Glass Onion, Black Panther, uh, Women Talking, The Woman King, RRR, Babylon, She Said, or 13 Lives, notably, all of which that have found their way elsewhere in the long list categories here. So we know they, are, they were eligible, and yet they yep. are not here. So of Feinberg's top 10... Two of those top ten don't get in the long list for best film at BAFTA, which consists of ten films, and like you said, will whittle itself down to five nominations. Avatar is currently Feinberg's number four. Uh, Glass Onion sits at number seven. Those both are not long listed here. Uh, I made my point about the Fablemans. There's consistent, I don't know what you want to call it, disdain or, or shying away from Babylon throughout all these long lists that Babylon had a very, very poor day. So did women talking. You kind of made that point, yeah. which I was surprised to Bummer. see. Um, what do you think? Again, I've, I've said on record, I, I mean, those are two that maybe play more with an American Academy anyway. But what do you think was number 10 here amongst this list of 10? Because it clearly wasn't all all quiet on the Western Front. Probably not. Because All Quiet on the Western Front was very widely seen and mm-hmm. and at 15 spots. You can't ignore right. that. However, am I guessing that All Quiet on the Western Front is a shoe-in to get in the five? Absolutely not. It's going to be an uphill battle for it to get there, in my opinion. Uh, because it has another category where you know its path can lead there instead of, of in best film. But my guess is after Sun and Living, however... This is the Baptist, after all. We typically see, you know, a a British film or two wind up not yeah. only in the outstanding British film category, but also in the best film category. So I'm not sure, to be honest. I think Triangle of Sadness, you could say it, you could make the case there that it squeaked in, but seven long lists, I don't know. You're going to have opportunities to vote in uh, Ostland for screenplay and De Leon for supporting actress. I'm impressed with Triangle of Sadness's ability to continually win people over throughout this season and to keep showing up because it doesn't have that natural path through the international film branch or whatnot. True. And uh, here it is again. So Avatar, Glass Onion, those two were entrenched in the best picture conversation, still are, I would say, in terms of our American Academy, and yet they are they are snubbed, quite frankly, uh, for sure. And I would argue that Women Talking, Woman King, Wakanda Forever should be there as well. But uh, no, we have a, a different group here. I mean, there's three that stick out to me. I mean, of, of this ten, and then you've hit on all of them. It's Living Triangle of Sadness and and, and After Sun. I mean, I guess you could say All Quiet. I, I'm higher on All Quiet's chances to be taken seriously as a Best Picture contender than you are, I think. And that's been pretty consistent. But, I mean, whether you want to exchange All Quiet for After Sun and After Sun's maybe more entrenched and more favorite, would you be surprised to see After Sun have enough legs or Triangle of Sadness have enough legs to make the best picture field at the Oscars? I would still be surprised because it did not not play well here. I'm not sure what it's doing on PVOD, 
but it was barely in theaters. I mean, maybe, maybe that just doesn't matter anymore. And something that plays well on VOD, it'll play well soon enough to where people don't care. But it's strange, Michael, because All Quiet on the Western Front has only won three critical bodies. It's not winning its international feature film tally in the Critical Critics Award scoreboard on MVP. Decision to Leave has 10, RRR has 12 to lead it. It's just a bizarre situation where, yes, All Quiet on the Western Front, undeniably strong as a film. I'm just surprised that it's getting this galvanized level of support from, you know, this academy in particular for uh, for the most spots on the long list. It's just strange to me, even though even though maybe we'll see the same thing happen as last year. We'll probably see 15 become four noms at the end of the day. But if you told me All Quiet on the Western Front was going to get four BAFTA noms, that's a great day, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. The As far as the favorites in the category, this is still probably Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Top Gun. I'm not sure. I, I'll be honest with you. I think Best Picture is wide open. I, I really do. I think if if somebody wants to make the case for an Elvis, you can make the case for an Elvis because Elvis, uh, Elvis has got is a, a sleeper for me. It's got a chance at the Globes, right? Yeah. And, and then who knows? Baz may just deliver the greatest speech ever. Austin Butler may be just un- irresistible. I, who knows? You, Who's now back up to number one on Feinberg's list, too, by the way. Can the Fablemans make a comeback where people just say, no, this is really strong. We love movies. We, well, I mean, not. I mean, with a performance like Judd Hirsch is not being nominated <laughs> long-listed, how could we, you know? Uh, but could could the BAFTAs go in a completely different direction, Michael, <laughs> with like an Aftersun winning it all? I mean, of course they could. I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen the BAFTAs. If BAFTAs are going to BAFTA, Living wins Best Picture, right? Bill Nighy takes lead actor. Maybe. It's possible. Sony Pictures Classics knows exactly how to campaign to the BAFTAs. We saw mm. it with Anthony Hopkins and The Father recently. So I wouldn't be shocked. But, uh, yeah, I mean, conventional wisdom would say Banshees, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Top Gun, those three are in the lead. They're the top tier. Fablemans, Elvis are probably the second tier. That's your five, yeah. I think that's the the top five. I think you hit it right there. Did I get it right? Did I power rank it right in terms of BAFTA? For Oscar, I would probably make a slightly different argument, I guess. I don't know. If it's worth anything, uh, as far as odds go, the Fablemans has drifted to third behind Everything Everywhere and Banshees. Um, hmm. Top Gun sits behind the Fablemans right now at fourth. Avatar in that fifth range. Big Picture Podcast was talking about the streaming bump for Banshees, that once it became widely seen and the audiences on or via HBO Max caught it and liked it over you know overall even though it's a, a downer of a movie that that has helped and maybe like the woman king could get a boost when it goes to netflix soon maybe they're looking at doing something like that at sony they have the deal with netflix that's probably gonna happen i wonder if there's a chance in hell that she said could get some kind of bump being uh, that it's that it's headed to peacock this weekend i don't know michael but that's something to keep our eyes out for we were reading the room and if the room changes after everybody sees it again we critics are all spineless we're all spineless and we <laughs> we're lemmings aren't we all of no they, anyway they, they just go with the flow so they, they're yeah. the ones reporting on this stuff and they're controlling the narrative at least to this stage of the game that narrative shifts 
If I were to tell you West Side Story won Best Picture at the Golden Globes last year, how would you react? <laughs> I would uh, I would actually say the Fablemans has a worse chance, right? Because it's not he's not going to win two years in a row. Wouldn't they Wouldn't they move to something else like Top Gun? Well, wasn't I think last year was comedy or musical, right? Yeah, oh, it won comedy or so. musical. Yeah. All right. Well, who do you think? I, I got. I put you on the spot here. I have Top Gun and Banshees winning the two globe picture categories but you could make a strong argument for everything everywhere all at once and elvis and fablemans and what do you think is going to win i like your banshees pick for comedies and comedy or musical and i think that would go in line with how hot farrell's been and you know it's an international voting body here at the hfpa so that would lend itself probably more to a movie like banshees of inisher than it would everything everywhere all at once i think those are the top two in that category though but i'll go banshees as well it's tough in drama. I mean, Avatar, really Elvis, is. Fableman's Tar, and Top Gun for Globe Drama. I'm. What do you think is fifth? <sighs> I'm saying Tar is probably fifth because they can award it obviously elsewhere with Kate Blanchett, perhaps. I'm saying that Fableman's Top Gun and Elvis are kind of duking it out in Globe Drama. That would be my guess right now. I mean. Did the Fablemans slide start after the Golden Globes voting ended? <laughs> That's kind of what I'm asking myself, because if it didn't, then I could see Spielberg winning director, Fablemans winning drama, you know, and it, it, it affording itself kind of a reset. Well, I still may hedge my bet <laughs> a little bit, because I don't know. I don't know what the hell the Globes are going to do, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, that's true. It's a totally different, you know, ballgame. They're too, wild cards, the and yeah. truthfully, they have a different voting body now to an extent i'll go i'll go ah give me avatar give me avatar just to spite yourself yeah i i just i think it's going to be a blockbuster and i don't want to just have both of your picks you know i mean you you keep saying everyone it's on film twitter and i've mentioned it a couple times but people who talk to people keep saying that the movies that keep popping up are you know top gun avatar banshees it's like they're bigger movies and banshees and everything everywhere so i I don't know i think a blockbuster is something i mean if the thing made two billion dollars somebody saw it i think if banshees was in the drama category probably where it should be Banshees would easily win the drama half and everything everywhere would easily win the other comedy or musical half, even though Triangle of Sadness. I bet you Triangle of Sadness is actually a, a sneaky player there, but not, I'm guessing Banshees and Top Gun. Anyway, we might we might both be hilariously wrong with the Globes predictions today. It's not our yeah, forte I'm not, here. I'm not feeling good about anything having to do with the Golden Globes. <laughs> Let's move it to director <laughs> for the best, the long list. We have Charlotte Wells showing up here for After Sun. All Quiet on the Western Front's Edward Berger, Feinberg's number eight. We have the Banshees of Inisherin's Martin McDonough. He's won twice on the season. Golden Globe and Critics' Choice nominee Martin McDonough. Corsaz's Mary Kreutzer. I don't think I pronounced that right, but I think she did a great job. I saw her at the New York Film Festival. She's awesome. Decision to Leaves, Park Chan-wook is in the director's long yeah. list. Two wins on the season, including his win at Cannes. We have Elvis's Baz Luhrmann, Golden Globe and Critics' Choice nominee Baz Luhrmann. Everything Everywhere All at Once. We have the Daniels. They are leading, Michael, the Critics' Award scoreboard right now with 19 wins. A big runaway in that category, which... 
I wonder if people are sleeping on them. They've won mm-hmm. Critics' Choice Golden, or they have Critics' Choice and Golden Globe nominees. I should say. I'm jumping the gun. Feinberg's sixth though in the category, so that could be a snub alert. Fire of Love, Sarah Dosa, The Quiet Girls, Comb Barry Barrett. Forgive me, column. Uh, we have Saint Omer's Alice Jop. She says Mary Schrader. Tars Todd Field, who's won three on the season. Critics' Choice nominee, Tom Todd Field. Tills Chinonye Chukwu. Top Gun Mavericks, Joseph Kaczynski. Yeah, baby. And we have the Woman Kings, Gina Prince-Bythewood, a Critics' Choice nominee, as well as uh, Critics' Choice nominee from Women Talking, Sarah Polly, a 16-member director long list there. Yeah, they BAFTA held true to their word, which was this is one of their changes as well. The director is going to be 16 members for a long list, and they were going to be split down the middle, eight men and eight women. So if you're a big fan of Steven Spielberg or James Cameron, both of whom are snubbed here, <laughs> Feinberg's number one and number two, by the way, in the director category, don't blame Marie Schrader, if she said, or Gina Price-Bythewood of uh, The Woman King. Of course not. It, it was... It was a man. I mean, it was a man, guys, baby. It's just any guys, chance I get. They didn't get in over, you know, Colm Bay Reed. So Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, if you ha- got odds on neither of them being in the BAFTA long list. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you hit on that, bet on that? I threw a like, dollar. If you threw a yeah. dollar on that, you'd have made <laughs> more than $1,000, No. I don't know about that, but yeah, you'd probably do a pretty uh, pretty hefty chunk of change there. Have both those guys miss is pretty astounding, especially in contrast to what didn't miss, which is, I mean, I don't, I've known nothing about The Quiet Girl, do you? Have, it's is this it's one a you've best seen? internet, and I have not seen it. It's a best international film selection. Uh, it's supposed to be, I wonder if it's a remake of the short film that won the category, won the live action short a couple of years ago, Michael, that we saw. Anyway, I, I don't know I don't if know. it is. I, I I hope it is because I I thought that was Irish as well. Anyway, but there's I mean the point remains. There's like three or four here that you wouldn't think would have a shot of getting in. I mean certainly not going to be nominated. This beating Spielberg or Cameron to a nomination. This was likely a a jury, a small jury. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. But we had big names out of it. Ruben Ashland. Uh, S.S. Rajamuli making hay with RRR, Critics' Choice nominee, Damien Chazelle, Critics' Choice nominee, Ron Howard, 13 Lives, and Feinberg's 5, Ryan Coogler, Wakanda Forever, or Feinberg's 15, I should say. Both of those guys. Some shocking snubs at the end of the day, but I think we agreed with them, right? I mean, I thought thought Spielberg should get more credit for for the script. I thought Cameron should get credit for the the production values yeah (laughs) yeah but i'm i wasn't banging the table for either of those guys this time and and no i'm with you yeah i'm with you and it's also interesting to note that as as often talking about the oscars now as often lately as they've split best picture and best director those guys those haven't gone to the same film on the road to the oscars here the Daniels have 19 wins and everything everywhere all at once has 18 wins to its credit so far. It doesn't mean they've won all the same awards, but if you look at the Vegas odds, Spielberg, he's drifting, but he's still the betting favorite and the Daniels are in second right now. Sarah Polly is in third. Wow. Martin McDonough. Those are all, those four all have odds inside or either six to one or shorter. Uh, James Cameron is actually in fifth for the betting odds right now outside 10 to one. 
Fascinating. I, I'm gonna actually change my pick here. I was gonna go with Spielberg for the Globes, but I'm gonna say McDonough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go from the third lane You're there. All banshees. I, I just think they like it. It's a safe pick. They've been wanting to reward Mark McDonough for year after year. They have every chance they've gotten. So this will be another chance for them to put put it forward. And we we've and been, the Globes aren't afraid to go director and picture with the same movie either. We've seen that. We've also been you know chronicling this golden globes transformation and it's not that much of a transformation at the end of the day it is but it's not so martin mcdonough still makes some sense for me even though i would love i would love it if the daniels got that momentum i really would all right god baz seems like a oh doesn't that seem like something that would happen on the golden globes yes it does yes it does they love i'll go spielberg but i want to go baz all right uh we are off the map already on these uh, predictions, but let, let's move on to lead actress. The long list includes Naomi Aki, and I want to dance with somebody. Anna de Armas in Blonde, Kate Blanchett, Critics' Choice Golden Globe nominee in Tar. Uh, de Armas was a Golden Globe nominee, by the way. Jessica Chastain in The Good Nurse, Viola Davis in The Woman King, Globe and Choice nominee Viola Davis. Danielle Deadweiler, who it was. A lot was made of her not getting a Golden Globe nomination, mm-hmm. but she was Critics' Choice nominated until a couple wins on the season, including at Gotham's for Deadweiler. Leslie Manville, Golden Globe nominee from Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris in the comedy or musical side of things. Emma Thompson and Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, uh, a Golden Globe nominee there for Emma Thompson. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, she's gotten both. Michelle Yeoh, of course, and Everything Everywhere all at once, leading the critics' scoreboard right now with 18 wins, and she has not missed yet. We got some notable misses, though, for this category, Michael. Coleman, Olivia Coleman of Empire of Light, Margot Robbie, Rooney Mara, Vicky Creeps, Jennifer Lawrence, ATJ, Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Kazan, Letitia Wright, Andrea Riesborough, and Zar Ami, Amir Ibrahimi to list them off from Feinberg's list and, of course, uh, the winners on the season can Ibrahimi not getting any moment, momentum from Holy Spider. Yeah, well, Olivia Coleman missing a BAFTA long list. We meet. We, I mean, is everyone okay there? Are we sure everyone's all right? <laughs> they just assumed <laughs> she was getting yeah, in. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a huge red flag to me. Did Something they think happened. she was auto long listed? <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe she didn't make the long list there. Uh, as far as snubs go here. Again, three of Feinberg's top ten don't get in. Olivia Coleman's number five, Margot Robbie seven, Rooney Mara from Women Talking ten. Women Talking in Babylon were treated poorly by the BAFTA's voting branches here. I mean, that's just the reality of what happened on these BAFTA long lists. So taking in that context, I don't know that it's that big of a surprise. It's a big surprise considering, you know, the lead up to the BAFTAs, but considering what happened on BAFTA long list day, you can kind of see why those two at least didn't make it. Uh, Olivia Coleman, it's the same story as always. It's tough to be the lone representation from your movie, regardless of award show. And Empire of Light has not been received all that well. Hmm. I, I definitely was not a huge fan of it myself. Uh, we'll move into Globes predictions. I think I thought you said it all there in the recap. So drama, we have Blanchett, Coleman Davis, DeArmas, and Williams. It's probably between. I would say Blanchett, Davis, and Williams is my guess, and Blanchett's going to take it. And then comedy or musical, I still think Michelle Yeoh's just going to take it, even though I've, I've heard some colleagues of ours say Margot Robbie, 
you never know. You might get a surprise in this side of things. Emma Thompson, Leslie Manville, Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm guessing Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett are kind of advancing to the next round, let's say. I still, Babylon, Women Talking, and She Said, I think are painfully American stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if they're going to do well, they would do well at the Screen Actors Guild versus an international voting body. And with a further caveat, again, for the third time, we have no idea what this HFPA voting body is right now, what they're, how they're going to lean, what they do, et cetera. Are they really, have they really changed? We know they've gotten more diverse, but what does that mean for when the votes actually come? I'll agree with you with uh, Blanchett for drama, although uh, he, Sammy Hakeem has emailed us a couple times, and he laid out prior to Christmas uh, this long email. I didn't get a chance to respond yet, but making the case for Ana de Armas winning at the Globes. Maybe. And in, in the vein of... That would oh, be like, Globes globing quite a bit because that would be surprising. Who's, why can't I think of the the woman's name, the the actress's name there, Mike? Anna de Armas, after an awkward edit and me not being able to think of anything, when I predicted Rosamund Pike from I Care a Lot winning comedy or musical, I think Anna de Armas would be along those lines. And like you said, that would be Globes globing. I just wonder how much they're going to do that this year. They're trying I to kind of toe the line a little too. bit. I also think these. These two categories should be more obvious based on the way the pundits and the critics have reacted to it. But who knows? You might be right. You might be right. You, you... I'm, I'm predicting the same as you, but I'm okay. just saying, don't keep an eye. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm taking Blanchett and Yo, but don't be shocked if Anna de Armas is the name there. We'll see. Uh, lead actor, Austin Butler, of course, from Elvis. He's Feinberg's number one, and he's got Golden Globe and Critics' Choice nominations already from Elvis there. Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. Feinberg's five, a Critics' Choice nominee. He will not be going to the Golden Globes, and therefore he was not nominated, or, you know, you you be the judge of mm-hmm. the causality in that one. Harris Dickinson from Triangle of Sadness shows up here. Surprise inclusion, I would say. Uh, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Golden Globe and Critics' Choice nominee. 11 wins on the season thus far. That's second most to Colin Farrell from The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Globe and Choice nominee. 19 wins on the season. He is the leader of the Critics' Award scoreboard. Colin Farrell is Daniel Kaluuya getting in for no peer. Love to see that. That was that was inspired. I'm thrilled by that. We raved about his performance from Nope. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya also obviously no no stranger to award seasons. Oscar winner Felix Kammerer in All Quiet in the West on the Western Front. We're excited to see that as well. He did a great yeah. job. A youngster getting in here, uh, even though not as young as advertised, <laughs> like you pointed out. But uh, Felix Kammerer gets in. Daryl McCormick and good luck to you, Leo Grand. Yes. I, I love this pick. He was great, and good luck to you, Leo Grand. Uh, Paul Mescal and After Sun. We, we probably expected him and Bill Nye in Living to get in here. Mescal got in at Critics' Choice. And Nye's been kind of entrenched as one of the likely nominees in the category, we yeah. would say, after Golden Globe and Critics' Choice. And the L.A. Film Critics Association picked him as, the, his, as best actor. Yeah, there's a bit of mayhem here with uh, this list from from BAFTA as far as what it could mean for Oscars relevancy, and you kind of hit on one of the main points. I think Nahi might be entrenched as that fourth nomination in the category, and as far as Feinberg's list goes, I mean, number 7, number 8, number 9, number 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 (laughs) did not make the long list here, so I think... 
again, in terms of Oscar's relevancy, when we have that fifth slot that seems to be up for grabs, this is a big win for Tom Cruise and a big win for uh, new gladiator Paul Mescal as well. That's right. He's going to be gladiator too. So he's going to be Joaquin Phoenix's son in that? Is that oh, wait a minute. No, because Commodus... Joaquin Phoenix's son? No, I'm thinking Game of Thrones is what I'm thinking. Because ah, he yes, didn't have... Joaquin that Phoenix wasn't ancestral... No, that it, nephew. It's definitely Joaquin Phoenix's nephew. Com- it was Joaquin Phoenix's character from the Master in Game of Commodus's crossover. Commodus's nephew, but it wasn't his son. It wasn't Maximus's son. Anyway, You're all the Nepo baby debates. Yeah. Why do I go here? Anyway, <laughs> uh, Diego Calva. We probably didn't expect him here. Like you said, a mm-hmm. very American movie that makes some sense. Will Smith. No, I mean, even though he probably should be here based on the, the level of performance he gave in Emancipation, mm-hmm. uh, I would say Daniel Craig, Golden Globe nominee, Diego Cal- Calva, Golden Globe nominee, uh, Ray Fiennes, The Menu, Golden Globe nominee. Those are notable. Hugh Jackman, maybe he could have gotten in here, and at least in the long list part of it, Golden Globe nominee. But it's it's showing just how reviled the sun might be or it's at least under i'm very surprised jackman didn't at least make the long list for bafta right but most of all michael i think we're shocked that adam sandler didn't show up <laughs> yes obviously him and Juancho hernan gomez i, I was expecting <laughs> I, i'm 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 heartened by this like you you hit the main point i mean glad to see kaluuya glad to see nahi it's in, interesting to me that frazier is in Feinberg's rankings ahead of Colin Farrell and neither one of them is number one right now. Austin Butler has retaken the mantle and Austin Butler is who I'm going to predict uh, for Globe's best actor drama winner. Me too. Me too. I think he's going to beat Frazier. I think they just avoid the controversy and it's a big fun, it's a big fun uh, speech where he's going to be there and be really, yeah, yeah. you never know. It might be an Elvis night. At the Golden Globe, Michael. I, it would not surprise me, and that could give it all sorts of newfound momentum for making serious noise in other categories other than just lead actor at the Oscars as well. As for comedy or musical at the Globes, it's got to be Farrell, right? You have to pick him, don't you? Colin Farrell, after all the nominations at the Golden Globes for Banshees of Sharon, it really would be a surprise if Calva, Daniel Craig, Driver, or Ray Fiennes took it from him. That's probably, you know, the... Sh- what do they call that? The shortest odds? The longest? Shortest, yeah. Shortest odds. The, the surest thing. It's just, I mean, I guess it's it's frustrating because I have no idea what this new voting body does at all. Like, if, if they decide, if they just happen to bring in a bunch of new voters who were wowed by Babylon, <laughs> Margot Robbie winning wouldn't surprise me. Diego Calvo winning wouldn't surprise Like, I, right. I could see that happening. It's not the craziest thing in the world, it, it, but this is fun. This is fun. We have a yeah. Golden Globes where we don't really know what's going to happen, so that that is cool. Look look for that next week, middle of next week after it happens on Tuesday. We'll move into supporting actress here for the BAFTA long lists, and Angela Bassett in Black Panther gets nominated, Golden Globe Critics' Choice nominee. Angela Bassett, is it her time? It will be asked 74 times on the <laughs> red carpets to come. Uh, Hong Chow in The Whale Feinberg's number six. She, she, This is a spot for her. She hasn't found a spot quite yet, at least in the major precursors. Carrie Condon, though, 10 wins on the season. The early leader, which is a, a small win tally for the early leader, but Carrie Condon is the notable uh, nominee. 
uh, from the Banshees of Inisherin at the Globes and the Choice. We have Jamie Lee Curtis and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Feinberg's number three. Globe Choice, four wins on the season. Jamie Lee Curtis, is it her time, Michael? Give her the Oscar. <laughs> We uh we could see that. Uh Dolly DeLeon of Triangle of Sadness. Feinberg's number two, a Golden Globe nominee. She did not get nominated at the Critics' Choice Awards, Dolly DeLeon, but I was tempted to pick her to win at Critics' Choice because I figured that body will have seen Triangle of Sadness because it's it's probably mostly or it's probably half old guard Golden Globes people, and then it's a lot of new, you know, foreign press that have been you know, international press, I should say, correctly. You were talking shit, you were going to pick her to win at the Globes? I was going to pick her to win at the Globes here, and I'm I'm kind of moving away from that. I think they may go, again, more chalk. I'm going to ultimately pick Angela Bassett, but Janelle Monet, Lashana Lynch is fun. Love that. Janelle Monet, Critics' Choice nominee, four wins on the season. That's not a surprise. Lashana Lynch in The Woman King. We praised her performance, one of our favorites on the year. She is so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, she deserves that. She deserves more love. And I wish this category was not as crowded as it was for Lashana Lynch's to get nominated. But Carrie Mulligan in She Said, she's awesome. Golden Globe nominee from, yeah. from, from She Said. Not getting enough love on the season, even though... Maybe the category fraud has thrown some people the wrong way. Uh, anyway, Emma Thompson, Michael, and Ronald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. You loved her. I half-ass watched this movie. Let me be honest. <laughs> I watched it with my laptop open during a, a weird point in my day. And yet, every time she was on screen, I <laughs> I perked up. And then she would do something so goofy that made me laugh so hard. It was dolomite levels of just tickled <laughs> fancy where I'm sitting there. I saw you say she was the funniest performance of the year. And for as much as I've gushed over PJ Byrne, I took great offense to that. I laughed so hard at Emma Thompson in like full prosthetics as this hammer throwing Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> school principal and god she made me laugh i'm so impressed with her and she could sing and dance and oh, oh my god emma thompson this is deserving good i'm glad for bafta here and amy lee lou wood of uh sex education she did a great job in living opposite bill nye i w- i've been praising her since sundance and here she is with a bafta long list spot so that's very cool now who missed out some big names and some names that have really been enraging film Twitter, Stephanie yeah. Sue, everything everywhere, all at once uh, critics choice nominee, Claire Let Foy, it go. Let it go. <laughs> Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley of women talking, which is a, that's a bone to pick because Jesse Buckley critics choice nominee, Claire Foy, those performances are on the level. Those are fantastic well, this, performances. It, I haven't seen women talking yet. You have, you've been raving about their performances, but BAFTA's short, long list, short list, whatever, did exactly what we feared any yeah. voting body might do. And I think it drove a stake through the heart of Ben Wishaw's Oscars chances in the, but in the process. But it's a bummer because he's also very good and there's no right. issue. Right, I mean, again, Which is fine, but you can't run the risk of this happening. Jesse Buckley and Claire Foy are vote sharing. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Their performances are extraordinary and they're vote sharing here. Nina Haas from TAR, maybe not enough people saw it i don't know i'm 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 uh, it's not a showy performance from nina haas kiki palmer of nope why isn't she here that kind of, that's nah, kind of ridiculous she's to been me. disrespected the entire run you know what though it. it's also kind of a charming performance it's a movie star performance maybe 
I God don't know. forbid? What does that mean? <laughs> She's got two wins on the season already, including, I thought, the New York Film Critics Circle? Anyway, she won in New York. She won something in New York. Gene mm-hmm. Smart of Babylon, Char- Charlie Dean, uh, posthumously from Triangle of Sadness. That would have been fun to see her involved. Unfortunately, not, though. So, supporting actress just continues to show just the deepest bench of oh, yeah. excellent performances, though, to the fact that we're like, furious over five snubs six snubs my yeah. god i mean it's a bloodbath and we knew this category was going to be a bloodbath of of any of the categories and you've hit on the highlights Lashana lynch making the cut was great uh kiki palmer not making the cut is is offensive the women talking fiasco where ben wishaw makes the short list for or long list for a supporting actor but no female actress makes any of the lists from women talking is kind of disastrous and i i think it's going to hurt people from voting for Ben Wishaw in the long run, regardless of how good his performance may be in that movie. But the I think that the mainline story is how upset people are getting over Stephanie. It seems like of the two actresses sharing, struggling for a spot in supporting actress, mm-hmm. the decision is starting to be made more and more that this is going to be Jamie Lee Curtis's nomination to get over Stephanie Sue's, that at least right now. being said, Michael, do you expect any snub power, perhaps, for... Stephanie, we've seen that work in the favor. In what way? We've seen snub power be a real thing. It's just a theory for me. But Kristen Stewart did not get a SAG, right, last year? Mm -hmm. I forget. She missed somewhere. She missed something big, yeah. And then we were wondering if Kristen Stewart was even going to be nominated from Spencer. And snub power, low nominee, she's nominated, right? And then we've seen it in the past. I'm sure there are examples. But snub power is a thing like you can be you could be vetoed by one body and then everybody says wait a minute what the hell and they make sure they vote for him in the next round of voting i just jamie lee curtis has been campaigning her ass off all year <laughs> she's been everywhere she's it's still everywhere time she just... <laughs> <laughs> she just got part of this uh giant photo shoot <laughs> alongside kate blanchett and a couple other actresses yeah. I think it was for gq or something i forget but like Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both nominated, but I think if you're going to vote for one to win the Oscar, it seems like it's, I hate the cliche, I mean, we've been mocking it, but it seems like it's Jamie Lee Curtis's time to get some votes. <laughs> we're just, we're pundits at the end of the yeah. day, so going to have to, going to have to say that at some point. Uh, look, uh, Stephanie Sue's been my number one in the category forever. She's in a terms lot of, of my, I mean, She's great in that movie. My own I, personal I, list. Yeah. I thought she was incredible. That being said, yeah, I could see in terms of Oscar punditry that the younger emerging star does not. Get I mean, hit. if you don't think that stuff matters, you're wrong. Right. Like one is very young and just starting her what's going to be a fabulous film career. And the other one is a veteran who's been around for decades like that stuff usually ends up in tiebreakers for the academy and for the awards voting bodies and it's something i've considered now in predicting my golden globes supporting actress i'm gonna pick angela bassett she's the again the safer pick perhaps she deserves a win she's a big win and she's awesome in black panther wakanda forever by the way but i mean if you're going with the critics you should pick carrie condon if you're going with the uh you know the the it's her time 
narrative. You can go either Angela Bassett or Jamie Lee Curtis. And mm-hmm. then if you're doing something like really fun, you could say Dolly DeLeon of Triangle of Sadness, which has got a, she's got a lot of love and she would be my sleeper Again, pick. it would not surprise me to see the HFPA go Triangle of Sadness happy. I'm guessing the Triangle of Sadness crowd is the crowd that went to Cannes where she kind of made her name, right? So mm-hmm. the only true winner here that would surprise me is Carrie Mulligan, even though I think her performance Agreed. is on the level, but I just Agreed. don't think I don't think she's going to come out and win she, from She Said there at the Globes because I've... underseen, because category fraud, because again, young, in her, not even in her prime yet for nominations, so it'll, it can be her time later, right? I mean, Carrie Mulligan, that's, <laughs> I mean, truthfully, she probably should have won for Promising Young Woman. That's we what I was going to say. A table. lot of people would argue that it was her time a couple years ago already with Promising Young Woman. Um, I, I fully expect to go over on my Golden Globe predictions, <laughs> by the way, so do not follow me. Do not I have follow no me. feel for any we of We wanted right to now. just tack them on. We're not going to do Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're not giving them the, uh, the, the proper weight that we have in previous years, That's and for right. good reason, I would say. For very good reason, because we're going to suck at them. All right, supporting actor, maybe the only one we get right. Anyway, we'll get there. Brendan Gleeson in Banshees, Golden Globe, and Critics' Choice nominee. Tom Hanks. All right. Tom Hanks and Elvis. You just got to accept it, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me, BAFTA? Are you kidding me? Woody Harrelson and Tri- Triangle of Sadness, I get. You're over there. You, you all yeah. use the Euro, or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to. You all use the Euro. <laughs> you want to. I get that. Triangle of Sadness, Woody Harrelson. Barry Keoghan, and I think I pronounced that correctly, finally. I've heard it pronounced lately. Silent G. Keoghan, Banshees right. of Inisherin, Globe and Choice nominee. Will both Banshees of Inisherin supporting actors Get Oscar nominees at the end of the day. We'll see. Brad Pitt of Babylon, Golden Globe nominee. He did not get choice. He is long-listed, though, here. Kihui Kwan of Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's Feinberg's number one. Golden Globe Critics' Choice nom. 28 wins from the Critics' scoreboard yeah. thus far. He is clearly the frontrunner, Michael. Mm-hmm. Eddie Red this category to lose. Yeah, so he and he's going to win the Golden Globe. We think. Yep. Eddie Redmayne and of the Good Nurse Golden Globe nominee. Albert- How about the Good Nurse getting two <laughs> shortlists on BAFTA shortlist day or long list, whatever these are? I think people still know how to campaign. I think, <laughs> but look at—I mean, it's a big showy performance. It's a movie that's right down the middle. It's it makes it makes sense to me. I get it. It's a very easy movie to just get behind in terms of that performance even though i thought he assassinated himself as a not as a well as a character of course he did but as as a performer because there's one scene where he's literally frothing at the mouth it may also speak to the relative weakness of the supporting actor category this year yeah i don't know i think i think if you went deeper but all right albrecht schuch shook of all quiet on the western front Deserves to be here. I love that performance. He's like the best friend character in All Quiet on the Western Front. I would look, if you want to nominate that movie for a bunch of things, I'm all for it. I really like that movie. It stuck with me. Michael Ward is a bright spot of Empire of Light. I missed this somehow going through. So, and it's even more shocking now that Olivia Coleman was snubbed on the long list. The fact that her Mm co-star makes the long list. He is a former EE rising star. Mm -hmm. So, Again, this makes more sense the more you think about it. But ben- Olivia Coleman is the star <laughs> of England. True. <laughs> ben Wishaw of Women Talking, another BAFTA favorite, I'm sure. And 
you know, Emmy favorite for that matter. Uh, so look at who's not here supporting actors Judd Hirsch, Paul Dano, uh, both of the Fablemans. Shocking. Look, for all I've said about Judd Hirsch, I mean, it's shocking both of those missed. Is that a vote sharing situation in the same sense that women talking, both uh, Foy and Buckley and the deep bench of the ensemble of women talking did not get nominated, Michael? Is this something similar? I mean, maybe, but then you're, you're looking back to like, you know, there's two from Banshees that are here. Mm-hmm. But those, you know, Globe, Choice. Yeah, they have better resumes. You're right. They're more they, established. They, they definitely perhaps. have better resumes. Anyway, Brian Tyree Henry is a bummer. We saw him show up yeah. at Critics' Choice. And Causeway, Super Bowl 42. Apple TV Plus. Maybe that's just mm-hmm. an American movie. People don't didn't get to it on the, you know, screener pile. It's never, it's never had any traction. It seems right. That's a, it's a bummer though. We thought like his performance is strong enough. Anyway, what's your globes prediction? I mean, it does none of none of nothing about this category matters (laughs) until, until Quan gets upset. Yeah. I mean, nothing, you know, every, everything's just going to be, wow. I can't believe that wasn't nominated because this is going to be Kiwi Quan's until he's upset. He's winning. All right. We'll go a little faster. I think, I hope. BAFTA for film, not in an English language. Feinberg's first seven are in. All Quiet, Close, Decision to Leave, Corsage, Argentina, 1985, The Quiet Girl, EO. RRR is also in this category, even though it wasn't Oscar shortlisted because it's not international feature eligible there. Holy Spider and Bardo make up nine Oscar shortlisted films of the 15 that got in out of that. Uh, conversation and out of this long list we have saint omer cairo conspiracy joyland last film show Re- return to shoal and blue kafgan Kaftans, excuse me so all quiet on the western front seems to be the bafta favorite in this category if long mm-hmm. lists are to be believed and uh you gotta i mean gotta have short odds for for all quiet it is going to be interesting, too, assuming that they make nomination to see All Quiet go against RRR, which is a battle we won't get on the Oscar stage. Right. Uh, we're going to get... And we do get it at the Globes as well. I don't know. I, I thought this was a bloodbath as well for a while. I thought All Quiet and Close and Decision to Leave and then a couple inspired picks off the, the rest of the shortlist, St. Omer, EO maybe. You got a lot of passionate support for these films. Corsage, Return to Soul, Boston Society of Film Critics pick Return to Soul, best movie of the year. Yeah, that's true. Good point, good point. I was guessing that like we were going to get five nominees and we were going to get a real race. And now, All Quiet, if it does put forward as a, as a cross-category nominee, who knows, maybe it'll be a Pan's Labyrinth of this year where Pan's Labyrinth ended up losing an international feature at the Oscars, and yet it was nominated across the board. I think it won something. I forget, but... All knows? Quiet has just overachieved in every kind of marker that's happened since December, to me. Like, it's overachieved for nominations. It's overachieved for shortlists and longlist appearances. Like, it's... Oscars. It's overachieved with lists. That's where right. it's overachieved. Right. So, I think that's... A recognition of its maybe unforeseen or unrecognized as of yet momentum. So do you think that All Quiet on the Western Front's winning the globe and then we're going to start to see a sweep by All Quiet on the Uh, Western Front? Again, we're talking about apples compared to like steak knives. (laughs) I have no idea what the HFPA is going to do. You're picking RRR. I tend to agree with you. 
but for the sake of being different, I'll I'll predict all quiet on the Western Front. Argentina, nineteen eighty five, close in decision to leave. Argentina, that's the other one I was. Mm-hmm. Argentina, nineteen eighty five, wouldn't shock me either. But I, I mean, these are these are five really really fun picks. I agree. Uh, so that's a fun race to look at. International feature. We have animated feature. I think the big four are long listed here. Pinocchio, Marcel, the shell with shoes on, turning red and Puss in Boots. Can you believe Puss in Boots is now part of the big four? <laughs> the last wish. <laughs> but this is going to be interesting because this category goes to three nominees at BAFTA. So which of those three will get in at the end of the day? We don't know. And who knows? Maybe they'll do something wonky. The, the other... The other films in here are Lightyear, Minions, The Amazing Maurice, which we don't know. They usually pick something strange that way. I don't even know that movie exists, The Amazing Maurice. I I hope it's delightful. The Bad Guys was kind of goofy. I don't know. It's made for little kids. But out of the BAFTA long list, we have Wendell and Wilde, which was a choice. Surprising. The anime film Inuo, a Golden Globes nominee. Yep. And then we never got really any momentum for Strange World, Apollo Ten and a Half, the Bob's Burgers movies, Eternal Spring, Luck, My Father's Dragon, The Sea Beast. Not in this long list for animated feature. How badly do you think Disney wants a redo on putting Turning Red out in theaters and putting Strange World on on the streamer? Yeah, I as wonder. As opposed to what they did, I wonder because Lightyear underperformed badly. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Lightyear just was didn't have the goods, and that's something we said in our review. I, and Turning Red would have made box office, right? I mean, I really it's kind enjoyed of that. I really enjoyed Turning Red. I know some people did not. That was that's a top twenty movie on the year for me. Turning Red. I I'm rooting for. I I would be happy with Turning Red or Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I don't know if I could rewatch Pinocchio. I you and me. Are I, one I would of be happy few. with anything but Pinocchio. <laughs> anything but Pinocchio. We're the two lone idiots. Yeah, and yet. Uh, I'm picking it to win the globe. <laughs> I am also picking it to there win the go. globe because people love that friggin' movie. Uh, I, I'm that seems it. like such a. I mean, I don't care what the HFPA yeah. is. That's a Golden Globe. That's movie. a Golden Globe pick. <laughs> All right, documentary feature. There's no globe category for this, but we have seven Oscar shortlisted films in the BAFTA long list. All that breathes. All the beauty in the bloodshed. Fire of Love. Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. Navalny and Moonage Daydream. And then out of the BAFTA long list that are Oscar shortlisted, Bad Axe, Children of the Mist, Descendant, The Territory, The Janes, Hidden Letters, A House Made of Splinters. Descendant is probably the biggest omission there. I'm very surprised by Descendant not making, even though it's a very American movie, not making this BAFTA long list. Otherwise, it makes some sense. This is your category far more than it is mine. Is is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed still the leader or is it moon age daydream now you think i think all that breathes is really showing itself to be the leader in the category okay i'm very surprised by that but look i'm learning new movies exist a bunch of amateurs the ghost of richard harris i mean louis armstrong's back in black and blues i've seen it i've reviewed it McEnroe, i've seen it i've reviewed it those are cool additions here to this bafta long list but otherwise yeah i'm 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 a little weirded out that uh, Descendant is not here. House Made of Splinters, I thought, would have a chance as well that's getting gaining some momentum about Ukraine. One of the documentaries about Woodstock 99 should have been on the list. Uh, uh, maybe uh, in the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. We'll see that could show up. All right, screenplays, Michael. Let's get back kind of the big names here. All four Globe, globe Knobs are in the original side. The Globe Knob Women Talking is in the adapted side. We have uh, Critics' Choice nominee After Sun. In the original side, 
I probably should just, I, I don't know how to present this category, but otherwise we have Whale, Glass Onion, Living, She Said, Critics' Choice nominees in the adapted side as well. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Top Gun Maverick showed up, all quiet What's on the What's the Western biggest snub front. to you? All right, yeah, we should talk about it by omission. Babylon, The Woman King. I don't know if I have a huge snub out of original. The Woman King's screenplay wasn't what I loved about it. Considering how Lashana Lynch was treated versus, I'm a little surprised it couldn't make the list. I don't. I but think yeah, these I'm are kind of chalk here. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see anything that's you know gonna get. I mean, otherwise, I'm kind of. You could make the case that the good nurse being omitted, <laughs> considering how the two leads are treated. But yeah, I'm with you for the most part. I mean, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Would I have expected that to just show up in adapted screenplay here? Maybe. Avatar, maybe? I mean, just to put a cherry on the top of how that was treated all day long? Triangle of Sadness is in. I think it needed to be in here. I think Decision to Leave being in here at original screenplay is something of note. Maybe if Decision to Leave gets in, then you're talking you're talking about coattails later on. Again, there's a lot of crossover between these two bodies at the end of the day. Even though juries or chapters are picking these, you never know. But those would be opportunities. I think after Sun, if it does in fact get into BAFTA here, it kind of needs to get into BAFTA if it wants a chance at Oscar, I would say. Otherwise, I guess we could pick the Globe category. Again, four originals with uh, Tar, Everything Everywhere, Banshees and Fablemans, and then one adapted and women talking, vying for the Golden Globe. I'm picking Banshees, but I I could easily... I would, I would say, if I'm hedging my bets, Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win either director or screenplay at the Globes, and I don't know which. I have Everything Everywhere winning two of the acting categories already. I think I, think I picked it for Best Picture, too. Give me tar for this. Really? Okay. I, I, I just, it seems like Todd Field can't go without getting credit for in one way or the other, and I don't think he's going to win. You know, I, I, I think this is where you would... Again, I don't think he's going to be a, as big a player in director on the Oscars road. I think the credit's going to fall to him for screenplay, so I can see the narrative starting at the Golden Globes. And Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg will probably win, so we're doing... Um... Yeah, I, I have... No, again, do not follow me for the Globes this year. I know nothing. <laughs> I, feel, I don't feel like I got a handle on it at all, but I'm excited. I'm actually excited for Tuesday night because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into some text quickly. Cinematography... I think we should talk about the omissions more than who's in. I mean, I think Maverick is in, Tar and Babylon, they're in. Omitted, we have Avatar and the Fablemans in cinematography. That's a bit surprising because we've been seeing them show up everywhere. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah, a microcosm of how those two were treated by... Something about that British voting body, they just had no regard for those two movies. Uh, In terms of editing, we have Avatar and Tar that are the notables omitted from the long list. Otherwise, Top Gun, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Babylon, they're all in. They're Critics' Choice nominated. Makes some sense for editing. Uh, But Avatar trying to gain coattails, maybe they didn't see it fast enough. I don't know why. Batman, I, I could bang the table for Batman or RRR in the editing category, or 13 Lives for that matter. A lot of people like uh, Batman's editing as well. Snubbed, however. Decision to leave, Moonage Daydream. I'm glad Why to see they got it. Why are calling it Moonage? Is it Isn't it Moon, Moon Age? Age? It might be Moon Age. I think it is pronounced Moon Age in the song. <laughs> Come to think of it. You're right, Moonage. 
I don't know why Moonage. I'm saying You Moonage. say it like an old married man. That name me some of that Moonage daydream. <laughs> I like me some of that Moonage daydream. Ravioli? Holy cannoli. Best sound. We're getting punchy. Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, out and best sound is Feinberg's fourth Wakanda Forever. And, Wakanda uh, Forever was not treated well by the Baptists whatsoever. And out is, is Moonage Daydream. There you go. All Quiet, Avatar, Babylon, Batman, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Pinocchio, and Top Gun are all in and best sound. We don't have a lot to go on in best sound other than the Oscars shortlist right now. Two shortlisted films are out. VFX, Michael, we have five of the six choice noms are in. We have eight of the ten Oscar shortlists in. The notables that are out are 13 Lives and Nope. RRR is a choice nom that is out. Otherwise, it would have been very alarming if Avatar wasn't in here, but it does make the list. (laughs) Avatar, Top Gun, Batman, Black Panther, all in. Everything Everywhere is in. Pinocchio is in. Okay, so some crafts real quick. Production design. Out is Black Panther. Out is Living. That's a shame. Those are bummers. Not making production design is a shame. Babylon, Everything Everywhere, Avatar. We figured they'd be in for production design. Elvis, Mm -hmm. Fablemans. Elvis might be a favorite in that category. Who the hell knows? All Quiet. They dug the trenches. Banshees for production design? Really? Uh, That's show of strength, if nothing else. Pinocchio, we kind of said that when we reviewed it. Should be. We wouldn't begrudge a production design nom at the end. I mean, they had to make all the, the entire town and the circus and everything, right? They had to do that by hand. It is an actual set somewhere. It's just yeah. a teeny tiny one. Uh, <laughs> costume design, you know, four choice noms are in. Black Panther, Glass Onion, Elvis, Babylon. We bang the table for those. We love those. Yep. Ruthie Carter all day. All Quiet on the Western Front, Amsterdam, Banshees, Corsage, which I bang the table for. And there is the dress from Mrs. Harris going to Paris, <laughs> finally getting her due. Beefa. Amsterdam over the Woman King, huh? <laughs> Amsterdam is in. Matilda is in. Ronald Dahl's musical Matilda. Those are good costumes. Anyway, out. Woman King, like you said, and everything. Everywhere. All at once is out with the bagel hat and everything. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Both choice nominated, but they are out of costume design. Makeup and hairstyling. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Out. The one shortlisted film from Oscars, Crimes of the Future, is out of makeup and hairstyling. Did any so I, British person see Crimes of the Future? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Probably not, would be my guess. Um, everything Everywhere kind of struggled with some of the texts at the BAFTAs long list, as it did with the Oscars shortlist. That was kind of a running theme throughout our, our reviewing the Oscars shortlist as well. It's just something to keep an eye on. It is something to keep an eye on. I, I don't know if, if it matters at the end of the day if everything ever gets yeah. seven Oscar nominations. Right, shouldn't you know? Especially wins if, four and right. wins best picture. And anyway. It's got sure. the biggest branch going with the actors already in in the pocket. Anyway, makeup and hair. We we of course wanted to see Babylon, Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and the Whale. The Whale might be the front runner there. Otherwise, all quiet. Amsterdam, Blonde, Emancipation, and Matilda are the other nominees. Like I said. Nine out of the ten Oscar shortlist. Okay, musical. I still don't understand the Women King not getting love for makeup and hairstyling routinely. I don't get it. Right. Uh, musical nominees and long list here. Eleven films are in total for the five Globe noms. Banshees, Pinocchio, Babylon, Women Talking. Good scores from each. And some quieter scores from Banshees and Women Talking. Some big, raucous, beautiful scores from Pinocchio and Babylon. I wonder... I mean, you could you could basically have your musical tastes on display when you vote for original score this year, Michael. 
Uh, we got Batman and Tar in the long list. A lot of people were upset that Batman was not long uh, shortlisted at Oscar, but we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, making nine of the 15 Oscar shortlisted films are in at the BAFTA long list. Empire of Light and the Wonder are two British picks there. Otherwise, mm. we have the Fablemans missing a choice nom, a globe nom, but missing from the long list. The Fablemans is not here. Neither is Avatar Devotion, Don't Worry Darling, Nope, She Said, and The Woman King, which all got shortlisted scores. That's, again, I mean, a microcosm, but it's pretty incredible that there's that much of a difference between the long list from BAFTA and the shortlist at the Oscars in the same category. Right, man. Obviously, there's a bigger Oscar shortlist, but there's, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that, uh, well, I guess at the end of the day, based on their performance, I'm not surprised. Avatar underperformed, Woman King underperformed. She said, nope, down. Don't worry, Darling didn't show up anywhere here. I guess they didn't go to Venice and Great Britain, or maybe they did go. Maybe that's precisely what happened. They did they go to Venice. Florence Pugh wore a blue dress instead of a purple one. They're holding it against her. BAFTA did go to Venice, and they did get like all these. They got young, all they needed out of that movie. Sexy, <laughs> beautiful people. Boy, what kind of drama did they start over here? Saw all that drama, and they just started smoking a cigarette. Be like, yeah, that's that was good. Anyway, who the hell's gonna win the Globe for original score? John Williams of the Fablemans is probably my pick. But it wouldn't surprise me if any of the other four won it. Babylon, Women Talking, Pinocchio, or Banshees. Yeah, for I mean, I think it should be Babylon, but for the sake of being different than you, I want I, I would pick the Fablemans, but just because none, none of these predictions matter, and I'm trying to go Ofer at this point, I'll take Women Talking <laughs> and Hilders. Well, to complete the Ofer set, we got to pick original song at the Globes. Did not get a shortlist at BAFTA, but RRR is not to not to. We got uh, the Crawdads's Taylor Swift. Top Gun's Gaga song. How are you not voting for that? Wakanda's Rihanna song and Pinocchio's Oliver Twist song. I'm look at I. I'm not gonna lie. I underlined Gaga's song at some point. I do think the Oscar goes back towards her at the end of the day because that is just a banger. But I think they're gonna go with Rihanna here. Wakanda Forever is my guess. You could very well be right. I'll, I'll take Top Gun just so I can have one victory off of your movie and hopefully hold it against you until the end of time. I, uh, I'm I'm rooting for you to be right. I think I just when that <laughs> song comes on in the movie for the credits, Jesus, what a usage of that song. I mean, it's scoring the whole dang film. Wow. Um, I guess maybe we skip the trailers today. And just I, yeah. I just want to say two things. Yeah. Because I already said Ronald Dawes, the musical. Megan is a lot of dumb fun. Good. I wish Megan was in A Man Called Otto. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Having seen neither, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I wish Megan just took it to every stupid character that Tom Hanks movie. I hated that movie. Oh, I guess I should say The Pale Blue Eye, three things. The Pale Blue Eye was fine. Sleepy Hollow aesthetic and Christian Bale and... Edgar Allan Poe and Mysteries, and it was fine. It was fine mystery. I watch them even when they're bad, these serial What is that mysteries. movie about? It's about a serial murderer on the campus of West Point during 18, the 1800s, 1830, and Christian Bale is a detective trying to figure out who's murdering these cadets. I know you love them, but when I'm finally voted and rightfully voted king of the world, <laughs> we're done with period pieces. Those are outlawed. <laughs> We only look forward. We only have sci-fi. That's right. 
That's right. And, but the science fiction can no longer, there's no more fantasy. There's you no like. Yeah, yeah, I'll go even further. Only horror movies. <laughs> Only horror movies will be. So have you decreed. <laughs> right. So it is written. So it shall be. <laughs> That's the episode. That is the episode, and that is a lot of listing done by uh, BAFTAs and read off here by our also Mike. Great job by you, buddy. Uh, I am beyond curious to see what happens on the Golden Globe stage. It'll be quite the unique experience for us and hopefully for you, dear listener. And if you want to interact with us during then, uh, we will surely be online trading our thoughts at MM and Oscar on Twitter. But in the meantime, if you want to hear your thoughts about these BAFTA long lists, about any of the movies we ended this episode with, what were you stunned by? What have you seen? What are you kind of offended? Didn't make the long list. How do you feel about the way the Fablemans and Avatar 2 were treated by the BAFTA voting bodies? Let us know all that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you may have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those, as always, on our social medias. Alongside Twitter, we are also Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram. That's at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Once more, uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on on uh, G- Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com mm-hmm. and on Reddit. This is why I can't, if I ever have to do this, feel out of order. It does not work. I lose my way very, very easily. Well, you found answer. a very fun tie-in. You were on a transitional high when you yeah. had that tie-in and then you yeah, yeah you you did it Just out of fumbled. order yeah eric buyer fumbled it at the one there uh <laughs> mike tell the good people what's coming next from us do and let's mean, have some words of wisdom do you mean ernest biner yeah that's er- him <laughs> that's a 1987 <laughs> cleveland browns reference correct yeah is that true <laughs> yeah is it 87 i thought it was 89 but 89. yeah sure could have been it was probably 89 anyway <laughs> What the hell are we talking about? We are talking about what's coming next, which is our Golden Globes reaction show, probably recording Wednesday for Mm. your Thursday. So we're going to be on a later schedule, just in general, I guess, guys, uh, because we're recording an episode Friday, uh, hopefully with a guest on the SAG nomination. Mm -hmm. So you'll get like a Thursday show and a next Saturday, Sunday show. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be reacting to the Critics' Choice on Monday, the following Monday, because those happen on Sunday, and you've gone completely, you've shut us off. I'm just meandering to nobody. (laughs) Also, Mom is still listening. That's what's coming next. We got a lot of Oscar race checkpointing to do because it's it's the season, man. We're we're getting into it. Uh, And look, let's just not get so upset. Can we do that? Yeah, uh, that's great words. That's great words of wisdom. But I don't know; it might fall on deaf ears. Did, like, but you and me, though, are we going to get upset? Like, if yes. the Fableman, but we'll get wins. upset because everybody else is getting upset about stupid stuff. <laughs> like, if I see one more Stephanie Sue complaint, I'm going to lose it. The complaining, the complaining is palpable right now on yeah. uh, on film Twitter. It might just be the the season of complaining. So somebody put out there, they were like. <laughs> the award season is the worst time of year for film Twitter. And I was like, <laughs> the irony in that statement is like, yeah, that's, that's exactly no, right. I, I think it is wise to just be happy with whoever wins, regardless of the film and whether or not we like it's it. It's a good year. This is a good year. Unless the winner is Avatar 2. We, we will just <laughs> take it and say, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> No matter who wins, I'm right. sure that's going to happen. Unless the winners of Avatar 2 or the Fablemans or Judd Hirsch in the Fablemans. <laughs> I'm not getting on this Judd Hirsch conversation again. He was great in those two scenes. If you could just get an actor to act in two scenes, my God, Judd Hirsch. 
ordinary people. Love if you. Judd Hirsch wins for that performance, we have to retroactively give Alec Baldwin the Oscar for Glengarry Glen Ross. Fine. I, I would okay. I will make that compromise. You get, right. you got this this hypothetical deal. compromise <laughs> struck. <laughs> the deal was struck on Mike Mike and Oscar. We're good. 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 I'm glad we were able to get there, guys. Always be closing. <laughs> when reality sucks, you can come run down the BAFTA long list with us. List, list, list. Long list, short list. Get your lists. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See you.